This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and I have uh, with me Andrew Giuliani. And Andrew, of course, has his own show on uh, WABC, and he's on uh, often uh, substituting for people as well, so you all know Andrew. And not only from this show, but from his show on Sunday and his many appearances, his substituting for Sid. Oh, lots of stuff. But I want, and Andrew, of course, keeps up very, very carefully on New York politics, having run for governor. So Hochul is down to the lowest approval rating she has had, which is 41%. Right. Now, that is, you know, considerably better than Biden or uh, Adams, I think, was below 30, the yeah. first mayor to go below 30, <laughs> ever. That's hard. It's, I guess, worse than de Blasio. It's really where you look, because the interesting thing was in this uh, congressional, third congressional district here in Nassau County, she actually was about 10 points more unpopular than Biden. Biden's popularity, I think, was in the high 30s, 37, 38 percent, and she was in the mid-20s, let's say 20 25, 26 Wow, that, that's really low. So I think depending on where you go in yeah, the state. Yeah, it depends on how, who's it, hit by what. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, I mean, look, I think uh, a lot of New Yorkers are seeing, right, this migrant crisis, this falls on the lap of both Eric Adams and uh, Kathy Hochul, right? They've had the opportunity as much as to Biden. actually. Exactly, as much as Biden. But from a statewide perspective, if, if you think if the governor and the mayor combined said, this is a real problem. We need to do something about this. We need to lobby the White House together. They would be able to make a real dent in this. And you're talking about the governor of New York and, and the, uh, the mayor of the city of New York. And instead, it's, uh, you know, Adams at first called uh, the governor of Texas a racist. He was at Port Authority greeting these migrants. And then about four months after, he realized he had a problem, uh, started to try to talk about it. The Biden White House seemed like they didn't like that. And now he's giving out a $53 million no-bid contract uh, to give these migrants what would be billions of dollars in cards, in debit cards. It's kind of amazing when you think about mm -hmm. it. So uh, it almost, he's gone the other way now on this. Maybe, maybe, and again, we don't have proof here, but it certainly stinks to high heaven, maybe because he found another revenue source. Not for the city of New York. But maybe for Adams and well, I mean, he he is he is pushing the envelope so much that uh, the deal looks like it can only be justified as a corrupt deal, mm -hmm. because first of all, he uh, he's doing the he's doing the uh, biggest signpost that you're a major criminal. He's lying his head off. For example, it's not an American Express card. Very cute jerk. It's a Mastercard. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's a Mastercard uh, for which. Uh, you say it's for food. Uh, the uh, the contract says they can buy anything with it. Uh, it's a Mastercard, quite different than your Mastercard or mine. They have shown no no identification for it. Wow. So you're telling me that uh, a few years ago, in order to get a cheeseburger in New York, you had to show identification, but to vote, no identification. No, no you just in order to get cash. If it's an illegal migrant, yeah, no yeah, identification. Yeah. And the company getting the fifty three million plus the three percent of the hundred and fifty million. If they put $150 million on the card. Not the company, the city. Look, here's the deal offered to you. See if you take it. 
Don't have to do anything, uh, John. Not a thing. Uh, if you can get me 150,000 MasterCards, I'll give you 53 grand. Million. 53 uh, 50 million. million. And after the 53 million, if you get me up to 150,000 of those cards, uh, uh, you don't have to get me the money. I'll take care of putting the money on it. Uh, I'll give you a 3% commission. And then at, uh, over that, up to uh, up to like 300,000 cards, I'll give you another 2% commission, two and a half. And then it goes down to two. And essentially, uh, projection, first year, possibly 150 million. Now, what did you do? Nothing. Now, let me tell you what a mayor would have done having been one. I'd have looked at it. I'd have put the contract aside. I'd say, I'd write right on it, void <laughs> for fraud. Boom. Explain the fraud in a minute. Then I'd tell my chief of staff, either Mastro or, or Carbonetti or whoever it was, Joe Loda, I'd say, uh, get, me, um, get me a group of um, maybe 10, 12 people from the city. Let's sit them down this afternoon. Let's set them up as a little task force to go get credit cards. And uh, we, don't, we just saved ourselves $53 million off the top and uh, 3% commission. Wow. Oh, and now Colin Howard Wilson, the, the, uh, or, uh, or whoever at the time was the commissioner of investigation, uh, let's, let's, let's um, subpoena this guy. How did he become a no-bid? Who made him a no-bid? Uh, where's the experience not listed here? Aren't there just some straight, flat-out false statement uh, things on the application? I won't point them out right now, because in case we have an honest prosecutor, they may want to surprise people with it. There are. I mean, you could take that thing right now and start prosecuting people. And I'd say, gee, the U.S. attorney, if the U.S. attorney, like I was Koch and Giuliani was the U.S. attorney, we better get on top of this, because Giuliani probably read it in the newspapers and has already started let me ask you a, a question here about the city council and potential oversight. I know, obviously, this is a no-bid contract because it's an emergency, and that's why he all, it's an emergency of his own creating. That's the irony in this whole thing, and that's why he's able to justify a no-bid contract, which does nothing but sell out New York City taxpayers. But does the city council have any recourse over this at all if it is a no-bid contract given under quote-unquote emergency court. as it is right now? Court. It's through the court. It's not so city, yeah, council city council can sue him. They can sue them. For violating – for violating uh, he's definitely violated the no-bid rules. Plus, this stuff about uh, it's an emergency, you, you, if, if you're going to waive no-bid, right. you can modify no-bid. Okay. So if no-bid usually takes three months. As an emergency, you can say, we're doing this in a week. But how long does it take to get the, uh, the, the basics on four or five financial corporations in the city with the most financial corporations in the world? They didn't want to do a no-bid because this company was woefully unqualified. Yeah, of course. If, no you, put down, if you put down the worst of the financial companies, they'd be ten times more qualified than this company, which looks like a minority make-believe company. Mm -hmm. uh, they were created to create equity. Not equity like fairness, equity like we get everything. They come from Newark. Mm -hmm. uh, they recently ended up in Harlem, and Adams has been fishing around for some kind of a puffy, puffy contract for him for the last year. Yeah. I, I just got together for my assistant U.S. attorney you know, the first day of a grand jury investigation. And if I couldn't make... If I couldn't take this any further, I'd be a little disappointed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? 
you need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. And there's a story out there right now, uh, a development that is, uh, again, uh, this uh, whole era of having a, I guess, a, a career criminal in the White House, uh, a traitor, and a demented man, it leads to all kinds of completely insane things in the country. And one of those is, of course, the Soros prosecutors. Uh, I was going to cover all of them today because there's a great article, and I may do that tonight on my show or with a special or tomorrow. But in any event, there's one we can focus on. And all of my admiration goes out to someone who did what I used to do, a, a district attorney in Arizona. Uh, uh, a guy named Reed Almansori, who was a career criminal who committed a murder in New York, uh, has you know committed crimes all over America. And, of course, he committed a murder in New York, and, he, and, and all, the long and short of it is he was let out. He ends, up in, he ends up in Arizona, and he commits two or three violent crimes in Arizona. Who, who knows? Not yet locked up for a murder. There's a possibility that he did. The DA there, a, a, a Republican, I, I thought maybe a Democrat, but a, I was hoping it was a Democrat, just to show that Democrats care about real people too, not just criminals, and they're not totally on the side of criminals. Because if, if you look at the New York Democrats, you can't find a group. I mean, they, they're like uh, uh, they're like a, 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 a defenders or something. But the DA says, no, I'm not going to uh, extradite. I can put the guy in jail for 20 years before I send you off to New York. And then he won't come back here like the uh, people who attacked the cops that came back here and um, uh, hit people and beat people up. So now the liberal left-wing, pro-criminal, pro-Democrat press, pro-criminal means including being pro-Biden, uh, rip the U.S. the, the uh, DA in Arizona saying she was wrong. The, th- the, the, the fugitives here from New York weren't the ones who beat up cops. Oh, and that's why she's got to give him back to Bragg so Bragg can put him out on the streets so they can kill a few people in New York. Not enough people have been killed in New York. Murder's only up about 30 or 40% this year, which it may not be. I don't know. I know it's up in one one place. Now, the subways, it's up 50%. Uh, the city is probably down, but it's net up after de Blasio. So... That sounds pretty serious that she was wrong about that, right? How about uh, everybody was wrong about it? The press covered it that way. And, yeah, they were fugitives and they were criminals and they were let out by Bragg, except they were different ones. And these bums don't report it. That makes her wrong? Actually, it makes her even more correct, doesn't it? It means like it's just not isolated to the one case where Bragg just let the cop beaters go because he hates cops. It's like he lets just about everybody go, and Brad gets on the gets on. He talks about crime rates, and hey, pal, all those crime rates are me. Go stick it up, you fat. They're all me. Those crime rates wouldn't be down there if Democrats had, had continued to control the city. I reduce crime more than any city, any mayor in New York. Uh, you may raise crime as much as I lowered it. 
And the only reason they're down is because of me and because Ray Kelly kept them that way. And since de Blasio, all you've been doing is inching, inching, inching. And the reduction you're talking about is the reduction from the increase that you caused. So I know what I'm talking about, communists. So shut your mouth and quit. And Hochul, you're useless. You're getting your people killed. Will you people face up to the fact that this is a life-saving job being a mayor, DA, or governor? And stop treating it like it's a, uh, a cash machine, you know, because you all, I don't know about you, Bragg, but the other two of you, come on. You think, who, who do you think you're fooling? Hochul and Adams. You're not fooling me. Andrew, wh wh what the hell is going on? Should, this DA shouldn't return this guy. He, the guy committed a crime worth 20 years in her jurisdiction. Yeah. He sh she sends him to New York. She may never see him again. <laughs> That's exactly right. I think she has a legitimate concern here when you look at the fact that he has a history of continuing to go and release um, these uh, release these uh, criminals, right? That have uh, it's it's unbelievable to see this. I mean, heck, when I was running for governor at one point, I actually got assaulted, and nothing, nothing ended up happening to the guy. They actually ended up, we ended up finding on this guy's social media the fact that he ended up admitting to it there, and nothing ended up happening because Alvin Bragg was the uh, district attorney, right? And so I think this Maricopa County DA is just saying, hey, look. We, we want to honor this murder victim here in New York by prosecuting him first. And then guess what? Then New York can have a turn. After we prosecute him here in New York, what do you think we after have we convict, I, then New York will I know New York is so ridiculously, reflexively, almost insanely Democrat, New York City, mm -hmm. uh, with the exception of Staten Island. But I wonder if we took a vote on this. Right. Uh, should the should the murderer be tried in Arizona where he properly can be tried and put away securely for 20 years or brought back to New York and will depend on Bragg? What do you think would happen? You know, if you just presented the question just like no, no, just presented the no, question Democrat, no, 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 before, no bullshit. Before the leftist illiberal media has had the opportunity to present that this is politics, that uh, the Arizona DA is playing with all this, that you shouldn't be doing this, it's terrible. This is then, actually good prosecutorial then, judgment and then, policy. Then I think you'd have, actually, majority support for it, even in New York City. I, I think, really do. I think you'd go over 60%. But what's going to happen, and, and you'll see this over the oh, coming bit. She's, a white, she's is, a white woman she's white against a black guy. And so they'll play that card, and then on top of it, they'll say... I don't even say, know if the guy is she's, white, black... She's seeking oh, oh, higher he, office, and, and she's going after so a bad. Soros... Uh, a Soros prosecutor right there. Jesus. Which, by the way, that, that is uh, a, a Soros prosecutor. Going after a Soros prosecutor up, right? would be like they don't prosecute. Trying to save the United States. Yeah. It would be like you're part of the Revolutionary War Army. They, they only prosecute uh, what Donald J. Trump and his allies. That's what Soros prosecutors Well, Brad has to, uh, can't take time from trying to put uh, uh, Trump away for a crime that's so old nobody can remember it. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, nobody can even remember what the hell it was or if it was a crime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he actually might have signed an agreement to keep uh, personal matters conf confidential. Don't tell anybody. Every single lawyer in New York has done it. But they won't throw him out because they just want to throw me out. <laughs> it, it, um, you you do wonder where, it, this, where yeah. this ends with these DAs, and Bragg especially. Oh, there's because... a great article in the Post. I don't have time to cover it today. I am going to cover it maybe tonight or tomorrow or maybe both, and do a special on it because it requires it. And it need, it's a great article, but doesn't go into enough detail. It, it needs a little more incriminating facts 
about sorrows. And by the way, we should start in before the son becomes the father. We should start in at least letting the public know the real facts that people are afraid to tell you about George Soros because you get charged with being an anti-Semite if you go after George Soros. Now, we should cut into that immediately. In fact, uh, you would be a pro-Semite if you attack George Soros because George Soros is an anti-Semite. He's an anti-Semite and he wants to see the destruction of the state of Israel. He wants to get rid of the homeland for the Jews. And he's a Jew. And there's a reason in his history as a young child why he may want to get rid of the Jews. Because this wouldn't be the first time he was getting rid of Jews. So at the end of his life, he wants to complete the mission that he started somewhere around being a teenager. And everybody's afraid to say that. But uh, you're pretty safe saying it because he admitted it. And I bet you don't know it. Because this guy gets the protection that, that um, the most crooked president in the history of the United States gets. Uh, which is uh, completely, completely against the public interest. Well, and now on top of that, they'll own, uh, what, about 200 radio stations around the country as well, right? I thought th- I thought they were going for yeah. Hispanic radio stations, too. I, I think it's Hispanic radio stations, but it's also, um, I think, your English-speaking radio stations as well. I think, uh, you know, some of our competitors here in New York, they actually will own at this point. It's And like I said, it's it's hundreds around the country. I think it's up to 200. So, uh, you know, he obviously sees an opportunity, a way to influence people, uh, and he's doing whatever he possibly can to do it. That's why he's invested in these DA races. That's why he ends up investing in a lot of these judicial races, because he realizes his money, his dollar, goes a lot further in these races than they do actually in the presidential races. And in so many ways, they can affect your quality of life so much well, greater you know, I, when I, it's that, clo- that closer in local politics. I raised the investigative question. Did he, did, he, did he start investing in these races so that he could get all of the uh, rioters and, and uh, cop killers and whatever in jail when the 20, uh, 20 riots went on? Because all of his uh, paid-for DAs let them out with no crimes of any kind. And their crimes are on television. Uh, and people you know, were shocked by all those people let out. But no one knew that these were all Soros prosecutors. Now, now he was funding Antifa and Black Lives Matter. He funded the prosecutors who let them out. And they ended up demonstrating where the prosecutors were. So how coordinated was that? How coordinated? And, you know, uh, in, in retrospect, I didn't see it at the time. Because it just happened, and then you found out about Soros prosecutors. But, uh, you look in retrospect, man, it's pretty coincidental. That let's say all the rioters in Chicago were let out. Every single one. Nobody got prosecuted. And buildings were burned. People died. Mm -hmm. No prosecutions. The Soros prosecutor there is one of the most notorious Soros prosecutors. Or how about Philadelphia, where the guy has set the murder rate for the state of, for the city of Philadelphia. He's, under him, more black people have died than anyone. Soros' prosecutor. Well, they, they let all the rioters out. Every single one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go look for a city without a Soros prosecutor that let prosecutors out. If you have one, give it to me. Because it sounds to me like, in addition, we're trying to create chaos in this city. So we'll become communistic and we'll become part of one world. He also was setting up for riots. And who knows what they got in store for us this year with eight million unknown people in the country. Well, let's go to uh, Gary in Hyde Park who wants to say something about the GOP. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Mayor. Hi, yes. Gary. 
I'm a recovering Republican. I left the Republican Party <laughs> during the McCain run for the presidency. Okay. And um, I haven't looked back. But I'll tell you one thing. What have you I become? Have you become anything? Independent. Okay, good. All right. Um, there will never be a Republican governor elected in this state again until we get rid of Mr. Cox and Mr. Cairo. I think they are a fifth column. Go right ahead and don't feel restrained. But Cox is a friend of mine, and I have a good relationship with him. Cairo, I don't know at all. But, I, I mean, we're here for the truth, not, not for protecting anybody. So you tell me what you think. Just don't want to spend the money. Um, going back a few years, um, we should have had a Republican governor, um, but unfortunately, they refused to spend the money for that man, and he was ac essentially on his own. Um, well, I'll tell you another thing they did. They uh, 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 conducted a fascist uh, kind of uh, convention in which they cut off um, anybody else from contesting uh, Mr. Zeldin, who I supported. But Andrew uh, Giuliani was a candidate with uh, leading in the polls at the time. Also, uh, the district attorney, uh, the uh, uh, county attorney of county executive, the county uh, Astorino, uh, Astorino, who, who would be a fine governor uh, and had run for governor quite, you know, with a, a competitive record uh, and a couple of other people. Uh, they refused to have an open primary, which would have given the party life. Instead, they did the boss-dominated, it's Zeldin, everybody else is screwed. As they're doing now with Stapracone, who looks like a major Democratic contributor, including to Swazi just recently and to Letitia James, the one who framed Donald Trump. Yeah, actually over $140,000 given to Democrats since 2019. And you just wonder, why on earth would the New York GOP go and uh, Not nominate this guy without having without having the New Yorkers Why? basically have a say over Gary, this. Gary, do you it's have crazy. an answer for that? And Gary, you have a good point, a really good point. Well, Gary, you know, I'd like to know your observation on that because I don't know. I don't know enough about it yet. I will, by the way. I will know enough about it. But there, there's, something, there's something very stinky <laughs> in Denmark. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Something stink, stink. Ooh, ooh. Prosecutor knows getting very, very uh, active here. Uh, let's go to uh, Susan. Oh, hi, Rudy and Andrew. I have been losing sleep um, over this uh, forcible quarantine law. What is it, Andrew? I've heard, listened to your brilliant uh, podcast about it, and now it's been dropped. It was over to, was uh, not seen by the upper court, and now it's basically the law stands that they have the right under a so-called very contagious disease that they can uh, take people out of their homes and put them in encampments. Is that yeah, right, really? Andrew? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, Susan, one of the things that they actually said was that these members of the assembly did not have standing uh, which is kind of amazing because as New York citizens, this would directly affect them. And on top of that, they represent other New York citizens that would be directly affected. So they even have more standing than I think even just any regular non-elected New Yorker because they're speaking for other New Yorkers, and the court said they didn't have standing. Does that sound familiar, Dad? Because they said a lot of no standing with regards to these elections. This was, this was a Democrat uh, court. Yes, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, courts in New York should not allow to be called courts in New York. They are Democrat uh, administrative uh, institutions in large measure if they are in counties dominated by Democrats. 
Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, it'll be the mayor's final thoughts. And thank you very, very much, Andrew, and, and thank you for all the call-ins. Thank you for having me, Dad.